Welcome back to Alphonse Arena here on the campus of the University of Maine. The score after two, it's Maine three, Merrimack two. This is Mike Magnick with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, uh, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us from the macreport.com College Hockey News NeutralZone.net and the Eagle Tribune. Uh, looks like Merrimack has four minutes and 51 seconds of power play time to uh, carry over into the third period of play after the major for cross-checking uh, called on Adam Dar. The fortunate they, actually, they actually called it contact to the head online. Contact to the head. Uh, so uh, either contact to the head or cross-checking, either way, he's out of the game. Uh, Poisson for roughing as well. So uh, that's all we see on the for the penalties there. They may not have finished putting them up, but Mike McMahon joins us here. We saw the we saw Vanell go off. It was originally we thought Vanell may have been ejected from the game, but was it as a result of the, the cross check that he uh, ended up going to the locker? Uh, well, they announced it as a ten minute misconduct. That's not what's on the board yet. So I assume I think Poisson and, and Vanell were both two minutes for I think roughing and a ten minute misconduct, and then Daw the five minutes for they announced it as cross checking to the head, which I don't think is a penalty, but, but not, not I mean it is a penalty. Obviously, it's not the term of a penalty. Uh, and a game misconduct. So I was a little confused because they announced game misconduct and then the PA announcer said that he's disqualified from the contest. So I said, wait, wait a minute, is it a game DQ? Yeah. But it's it's on the it's on the sheet as a game misconduct. Yeah. All right, and we'll see whatever the final game sheet shows yeah. too. Things could change again, you know, between now and then. But uh, strange game here. I mean, first period, I thought all main Merrimack gets a uh, goal off of the bounce there. I'd be interested to know whether or not, you know, because we saw another shot into the uh, corner earlier in the period where it hit that door with his Zamboni opens up and came out. Did they do that on purpose? Did Hallway tell them about that? Or did they, it was something they picked up on in practice. Either way, uh, interesting because they ended up getting a goal out of it. Yeah, you know, it's funny that, that you bring that up. Maybe either Hallway knew about it or they noticed it this morning in pregame because as soon as it happened, I'm down the other end of the press box from you guys, and as soon as it happened, the whole group of people sitting in front of me is going, ah, it's that stupid corner again. So this is clearly not the first time it's happened. <laughs> uh, it's clearly something that's been going on for a while because the people in front of me were pretty upset that they kind of got fooled by it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's something that's happened before. So whether they, who knows, whether, maybe they noticed it this morning. You know, Patrick always played two years here, so maybe he knew exactly what to look for. Uh, but yeah, they went to go wrap it. I mean, it couldn't have bounced better for Ben Brower. It was basically a pass right on Ben Brower's stick. We got Poisson with a 10 minute misconduct. Vanell gets two for roughing. Poisson also two for roughing. And Daw gets the contact to the head and game misconduct. So the uh, major power play here, kind of a really a gift here in a game in which they, they've been outplayed, you know. Uh, it, it's not completely one sided. They've had chances, and, and Swayman certainly played pretty well to keep a pretty good chance out of the net, but the goal by Tavernier, wow, I mean, uh, first of all, yeah, a nice look, first of all, from Carlisle, and then, you know, Maine's done a good job, I think, on their penalty kill of getting in the way of shots, that's helped out Swayman, certainly, but uh, Tavernier, just, he was very patient there, waited for, you know, the, the Red Sea to part, whatever you want to say, and, and uh, suddenly he, he had half the net to shoot it. Yeah, and he made a nice play, too, to make Ryan Smith kind of just fly out of the zone, uh, or fly, not out of, out of the lane, not out of the zone, but out of the lane. He made a little move with the puck as soon as he got a Got it. It kind of sent Smith diving across. I think, or he came across. He stayed at his feet, but I think he came across thinking the puck was going to go down into the corner, uh, and he ended up in the corner himself. And then Tavernier just had all that time to kind of pick his spot with that shot. Really nice goal, and for him, I mean, we've talked about him now for like the last two, three weeks. He continues to stay 
hot. That's another one now. Uh, I forget exactly what the numbers were. I think he had uh, what three goals and four assists in the last four games or something like that coming into this game. So uh, he's staying hot. This is what you need at this time of year. You're looking at your seniors, and Tyler Irvine's been able to do it all year. And, and now I think you know, really the last three weeks. This is the three weeks now. If you go back to that BU Lowell weekend uh, where uh, Tavernier is getting rewarded for it and, and playing the way that I think we thought he was going to play at the beginning of the year. Uh, we're talking with Mike McMahon, and Mike, there's a lot of other things going on around campus, uh, Merrimack Athletics, so I want to touch on that, and I'm sure we'll talk tomorrow about uh, how things will have gone to that point in the weekend as far as hockey goes, but uh, boy, men's basketball, what <laughs> what a story. I mean, it wasn't if it were, as if it wasn't enough for men's soccer to win the league in their first year, it looks like men's basketball is well on the way, and can you tell us about this? It apparently means postseason play. There are a number of other postseason tournaments tournaments besides the NCAA tournament and uh, it sounds like they're going to play in, in one of them. Well, they were invited, yeah. And, and not, not every team takes those invites because there's a, there's a cost involved with it. Uh, either you've got to travel or I think you've got to pay to host, too, if you want a first-round game. Sometimes that's how, some of those third and fourth tournaments, that's how they that's how they make their money. If you want to host in the first round, if you want to be a higher seed, you got to pay for it. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think, I would assume in the first year in D1, they're playing so well, I, I would have to think the college would find a way to, uh, to get them into one of those Tournaments. They were invited to the CIT already, uh, and then what is that? The CollegeInsiders.com invitation. Uh, them, the, 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 you know, that makes me think. Of course, both of us called talking news. Can we start a tournament? The CHN Invitational. I mean, I guess we could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational, is the other. One. Uh, well, sorry, it's not. CIT is the College Insiders Tournament, I think is what it is, CIT. Uh, and then CBI is College Basketball Invitation. I get those confused. Uh, so How many teams in those tournaments? You know, it varies. The CIT... Who wants to pay, right? I, I think so, yeah. The CIT is at as many as 32. I think last year they had 26. The CBI, I think, is a little more... Uh, I'd have to look. I think they're a little... I think they're flat at 16, but I could be wrong. Um... But they were invited to the CIT already. It looks like they're going to have some conversations with the CBI, too. I mean, for those tournaments, you try to generate buzz. I mean, what, what's better media attention and some buzz for your, for your let's face it, it's a lower-tier tournament. It's not the NIT or not, obviously, the NCAA tournament. So, uh, you Are they ineligible for the NIT also? Yes, because the NCAA runs the NIT. That's why. Uh, there was some, some ambiguity on that. Though. They weren't sure for a while whether or not they were going to be eligible for the NIT. There was some research done, I think, on the, on the even on the NCAA's part, because it doesn't really happen. Team going to reclassification doesn't usually get an auto bid <laughs> to the NCAA or NIT tournament. NCAA one's easy, but the NIT, because it's run by the NCAA, they're not. Well, I think what you're saying is a team that's going through reclassification doesn't usually win their league in the first yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, for the CBI and the CIT, they're private tournaments, so they're eligible to play in those. And then I think for those tournaments, they have the ability to, that's a pretty good story. You know, usually these, a lot of them, they will avoid the major schools. They will avoid inviting the major schools, number one, and usually the Power Five schools and stuff like that. A lot of times, those schools also won't want to take those invitations. If they don't get in the NIT or the NCAA tournament, they're not going to, you know, they don't want to take go to the CBI. So you usually get a lot of mid-major and, and schools, at, you know, lower-tier type schools. But uh, I think for those tournaments that want to get some attention, no better attention than here's a team in their first year D1 that won their league who's in our tournament. I think that, that would be a story that media outlets would pick up on. We've already seen it. I mean, they were, in, I think they were featured by the Athletic last week nationally. They were featured in the Washington Post I think last Sunday, so uh, they're they're generating a ton of buzz, and they're, they're playing really well. Uh, I was at their game last night. You know, they're, they're a senior-led group, really. I mean, Idris Joyner, 
Jaleel Lord and Javaris Hayes don't come off the floor very much. Uh, and those are the three key seniors for sure. But you know what? They're, they're in a really good situation, I think. I was actually talking last night Joe Sullivan, who used to be the Boston Globe sports editor, was at the game. And we were he was sitting right next to me, and we were talking about uh, just the success they've had in their first year. And, you know, they're going to lose those three guys going into next year, so what could it look like? And we both kind of said they're in a good spot because the way that the cycle worked, they're, they're, a, they're a veteran-led team this year. Uh, their first year in D1. They're playing really well. Now next year, they're going to be pretty young. So it, naturally, you would expect them to kind of take a step back maybe. But now, when they're eligible to go into the postseason play in a couple of years, now those younger guys are veterans again. So you know they, they're able to kind of come in and make the splash as a first-year D1 team because of the veterans that they have in the team. Next year and the year after, maybe it takes a little bit of a step back, but who knows? When they're eligible to, to play in the NCAA playoffs and conference tournaments and things like that, they'll be a junior and senior-led team again. So who knows what that could look like at that point. And uh, women's basketball, obviously a big win, a uh, big milestone win. And then also uh, men's lacrosse getting started tomorrow against Holy Cross. Uh, we don't only have about a minute or so left, but uh, just quickly, quick thoughts on what's going on with those two teams. Denia Davis-Stewart on the women's basketball team could be the NEC Player of the Year. Javaris Hayes on the men's basketball team could be Player of the Year. I mean, she's, she's having as, as a monster year. Uh, I, I think she's averaging a double-double and uh, over 10 rebounds a game. I think she's averaging four. 14, 15 points, whatever it is. Uh, and then men's lacrosse uh, has the, well, inside lacrosse has Charlie Bertrand as the preseason NEC player of the year. Uh, they're they're going to do well. You know, they were picked to finish, I think, tied for last in their division. That's because they're a first-year D1 team. But two national championships in a row, they're, they're going to do really well. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. Uh, we'll chat again tomorrow, so enjoy the rest of your time up here in Maine, and we'll talk then. Sounds good, thanks. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here with the score, Maine 3, Merrimack 2. Back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.